we are soldiers. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord. Whether we like it or not, we are still soldiers. It's going to be either for the world or it's going to be for God, but we are soldiers. And if we are soldiers in the army of the Lord, we'll never lose. It is impossible to lose when you are in the Lord's army. You can't lose. It's impossible because Jesus has never lost. Jesus will always win. Jesus is always victorious, and so are we if we are in the army of the Lord. We all have testimonies. We all been through something. We all have faced different kind of problems and different kind of situations, but God has brought us through all of them. We've had some ups and some downs, but God has still blessed us to see another day. He has still made a way for us to escape all that we've been through. We've had some good days, and we've also had some bad days. I'm pretty sure that every one of us has been through something hard, difficult, didn't think we could probably make it. Some of us probably wanted to even commit suicide. I know one, I was one of them that contemplated suicide. I was one of them that wanted to just make it over with, just get it done with, I'm done with this. But because of the grace of God, we are all still here today. Because of the grace of God. You know, the Bible says a little leaven, leaven is the whole lump. And one day I was in North Carolina, when I, when I stayed in North Carolina, I, I've never been an energy drink, drinking kind of guy, but I was working two jobs and I was like, I need energy. And the coffee wasn't working. So I started drinking energy drinks. Well, one of my favorite ones was a monster drink. But every time I would drink a monster drink, I just didn't like the can. For some reason, I just didn't like that can. But I just, you know, didn't, didn't pay no attention. But then all of a sudden, one day I was driving and on the store on the advertisement of the monster drink, it said, unleash the beast. And I said, I really don't like the way that sounds, but it's just a drink. So I kept drinking the monster drinks. But it said, unleash the beast. So one day it kept bothering me inside. And I said, you know what? I'm going to look into this. Why is this bothering me? So I looked into it. And I come to find out that the claws, the three claws on the can are the 666. And when you turn the can upside down to drink it, it has an upside down cross. And it represents the devil. And I said, oh, this is why I didn't like it. So I stopped drinking them. But... It goes on farther than that. Then one day I was going to buy some shoes and I saw the little gargoyle on them. You guys know what a gargoyle is? <laughs> okay, I'm not the only one tripping. But they had a gargoyle on them. And so I said, well, I'm not going to buy those. I don't want to be walking around. Pastor Allen has gargoyles on his shoes, you know. Like that just doesn't, it, it doesn't look right. So I said, you know what, I'm, I don't buy the shoes. And then not too long ago, a couple of days ago, I was going to buy another pair of shoes and it had a name on the shoe. And I didn't know what the name meant, so I think it was Adam and Eric were looking up to see what that name meant and where it came, but we couldn't find it. So I said, well, just in case it represents something bad, I would rather not have it than to be walking around and representing something that I don't even know what it is. So therefore, this lesson came about because what we represent is very important. When we're in the army, I can't go like this in the army 
and expect people to reverence me and respect me and the whole bunch of soldiers are around me with all their AKs and everything and I'm in a suit acting like I'm gonna go join the battle. That's not gonna work. It doesn't even look right and it really won't work. This material is not for the desert. It's not for battle. It's not for anything. You have to dress according, and there was a lesson that said dress for the occasion. You have to dress according to what you are going to. When you're going to, when you're, when you're an officer, a police force, you, you can't go in a fireman's uniform. Pull me over in a fireman's uniform. I probably won't even stop. And if you did have a cop car and pulled me over and got out in a fireman's uniform, I will respect you not at all because that is not your position to pull me over in a fireman uniform. It's the same thing in this world. Are we soldiers in the army of God or are we part of the world? There's so many times that we want the blessings of God and we want to be a part of God's family and we want to be chosen by God and used by God and we want all these blessings, but we want to look and act like the world. It doesn't mix. We can't. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Let me not get ahead of myself. We're going to be reading 2 Kings 10, 18 through 24. I'll be reading that one. 2 Corinthians 6, 17 through 18. Joshua 7, 19 through 25. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. Galatians 1, 10. James 4, 4 through 8. And 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20. Let us rise. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for another day. Thank you, my God, for gathering us together one more time. Thank you, my Father, for your many blessings. Lord, bless us to listen to what is being said, my God. Don't let me say anything that I'm not supposed to say, my God. But Lord, bless me to speak spiritually and not according to the flesh. Lord, and let this seed fall upon good ground and let us bring forth a hundredfold. Give us wisdom and understanding and open up our understanding that we may understand what you are saying. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You may be seated. So in the book of 2 Kings, the 10th chapter, starting at the 18th verse. It says, And Jehu gathered all the people together and said unto them, Ahab served Baal a little, but Jehu shall serve him much. Now therefore call unto me all the prophets of Baal, all the servants of his, and all his priests. Let none be wanting, for I have a great sacrifice to do to Baal. Whosoever shall be wanting, he shall not live. But Jehu did it in subtility, to the intent that he might destroy all the worshipers of Baal. And Jehu said, Proclaim a solemn assembly for Baal, and they proclaimed it. And Jehu sent throughout all Israel, and all the worshipers of Baal came, so that there was not a man left that came not. And they came into the house of Baal, and the house of Baal was full from one end to another. And he said unto him that was over the vestry, Bring forth vestments for all the worshipers of Baal. And he brought them forth vestments. And Jehu went and, and Jehonadab and the son of Rahab, 
unto the house of Baal, and he said unto the worshippers of Baal, Search out and look, that there be here with you none of the servants of the Lord, but the worshippers of Baal only. And when they went in to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings, Jehu appointed fourscore men without and said, If any of the men whom I have brought unto your hands escape, he that letteth him go, his life shall be for the life of him. See, they had separated all the worshipers of Baal. Baal was a statue that people made and they began to worship this statue instead of worshiping God. And so Jehu said, well, bring all the ones. I'm going to serve Baal too. But he was trying to kill all the ones that worshiped Baal instead of worship God. But the distinction that he made between the people of God and the people that worship Baal was the clothes that they wore. He said, bring vestments. Vestments means a garment, a change of clothes. So he said, bring vestments so that I will know who all is worshiping Baal. So they had to wear this clothes representing that they worshiped Baal. And the ones that didn't have the clothes representing that they worshiped Baal, they lived. So in this day and age, the devil has begun to squeeze in so many little things. And the Bible says the little fox spoils the vine. And a little leaven leaveneth the whole love. He began to squeeze in such little tiny things that look harmless, that look like it's not doing anything. But it is representing what he stands for. See, I saw a really nice t-shirt, and don't get me wrong, some of the things that are not good, they do look very nice. I saw a really nice t-shirt, and it had a Grim Reaper on it. And it was a very nice t-shirt. I, I liked the hoodie, but it did have a Grim Reaper, and the way they made it, it was very, very nice. I wouldn't mind wearing that, but again, how would that look, Pastor Allen, walking around town with a Grim Reaper? That just doesn't... It doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. So we have to watch who we represent because when people see us, and not only people, when God looks at us, we want to, him to know who we represent. See, when they went into this temple, they knew who worshipped Baal by the clothes that they were wearing, by what they were representing. So we also have to represent who we serve. We serve the living God. I don't need to be running around with the Grim Reaper when I serve the living God. I don't need to be running around with gargoyles on my shoes when I serve the living God. We need to watch what we wear and what we do because we represent the King of Kings. We represent the Lord of Lords. And the devil's squeezing in so many little things. And the Bible says that if you love the world and the things that are of the world, you will perish with the world. But when we say, you know what, we're in the world and God knows we have to have a job. That's not what I'm saying is don't go get a job. That's not even close to what I'm saying. We have to have a job. We have to work. And if they give us a dress code, you have to wear the dress code for your job. That's, that's life. That is, God knows that we have to do what we have to do as far as that. But to go outside of it, to do it because we think it's cool, we want to fit in with the world, that's where the line needs to get drawn. Not because of your job, not because of whatever you're doing, but because you think that the world looks cool and I think this is nice and I'm going to fit in with the world. Everybody else is doing it, so I can do it too. You're going to end up being just like those people that served Baal. Everybody that had the same clothes all died. 
but when they were separated they didn't die they were lived because they represented the king we're going to second corinthians 6 17 through 18. wherefore come out from among them and ye be separate said the lord and touch not the unclean thing and i will receive you and will be a father unto you and ye shall be shall be my sons and daughters said the lord Almighty. See, he's saying, come out from the world. Don't try to act like the world. Don't try to fit in with the world because the world is going to perish. We need to represent who we serve, and that is the living God. He said, and I will receive you unto myself. I'll be a father to you. I will take you. I will love you. I will protect you. You will represent me. When we go somewhere, we want people to know who we are. Go to somebody and then start calling us some different name. For one, we won't even answer. And if we know they're doing it on purpose, where it starts getting irritating. And we begin to get offensive, especially if it's somebody we don't like. Start calling us by that person's name. We don't like that. We don't want to be called by somebody else's name, especially if it's somebody we don't like. And they're doing it just to get on your nerves. We used to do that to each other. And it starts getting very frustrating. Um, that's not me. That's not my name. But who do we represent? We represent the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. We represent the God of creation. That's who we represent. And when he looks down, he needs to know are his children. Why? Because we, our bodies, not just our inner man, but the Bible says your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost that dwells within you. So we need to represent who we are. We need to show God, yes, we want the Holy Ghost. We want to be with you. We want to be set apart. We want you to be our father, our leader, our guide. We want to represent you. And that's what we can do. Don't let the devil start making us think, oh, it's okay. Because I, when I saw those shoes, I was like, well, you know, my pet lady might cover that. So it's fine. But Jesus knows. We can't hide anything from Jesus. We can't. So don't let these little things, and they may sound petty, lying, whatever, it, it is what it is. But what would you rather have? A little leaven to leaven the whole lump and you stand before God and him say, I don't know you. Your whole lump is all messed up. Or would you rather him say, you know what, you didn't have to be that strict. You, you could have done all of it. But nevertheless, well done, my good and faithful servant. I would rather hear him say that than depart from me, I never knew you. I would rather him say, Alan, you were way, way too. I didn't care if you did all of that stuff. That would have been just fine. But nevertheless, go ahead and go ahead. I would rather him say that than to say, you shouldn't have did all that. You knew better. Because there's no redoing. There's no, okay, let me go make it right. It's, and once it's over, it's over. We're going to Joshua 7, 19 through 25. And Joshua said, I'm being taken myself, to the Lord God of Israel, and tell me now, what thou hast done, I did not do. And Achim answered Joshua and said, Indeed I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and thus and thus have I done. When I saw among the spoils of good meat, a good meat Babylonish garden, and two hundred shekels of silver, and a ridge of gold of fifty shekels weight, then I coveted them and took them. And behold, they are hid in the earth in the midst of my tent, and silver under it. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran into the tent, and behold, it was hid in his tent and the silver under it. And they took them out of the midst of the tent and brought them unto Joshua and unto all the children of Israel and made them out before the Lord. And Joshua and all Israel with them, with them took Achan the son of Zerah and the silver and the garment and the wood of gold and his oxen and his daughters and his, his 
sons and his daughters and his oxen and his asses and his sheep and his tent and all that he had when they brought them into the valley of Abel. And Joshua said, Why hast thou troubled us? The Lord shall trouble thee this day. And all Israel stoned him with stones and burned them with fire after they had stoned them with stones. See, it's, it may sound very petty, but in the sight of God, it's a very big thing. He wanted that Babylonian garment. He, he wanted to look like them. He thought their clothes was cool. He was like, oh, this is nice. And he took it. Took some silver and some gold in which God had said, don't take anything. He said, when you go to Jericho, and I'm paraphrasing, when you go to Jericho and you fight them, don't take nothing because everything is cursed. Don't take anything. So they were supposed to go and fight, kill off everything, and leave the rest. But he didn't. He wanted part of it. And when we get baptized and we begin to serve the Lord, he says, okay, I'm going to separate you from the world. I'm going to wash away all of your sins. You are nice and clean. Don't want what's in the world. That doesn't mean don't go get a job. That doesn't mean don't pay your bills. That doesn't mean you can't go to the restaurant and enjoy your food. That doesn't mean that you can't go to the park and, and, and enjoy life and the beautiful sceneries. And that does not mean that. It means don't want what you know is against God. Don't be trying to act like the world because they look cool. Don't be trying to dress like the world because it looks good. Represent who you are. You can go to anywhere you want God created in this world, but represent Jesus when you're there. Represent who you serve when you're there. You can go to any park you want to. You can go to the waterfalls. You can go camping. You can do whatever you want to do, but represent Jesus while you're there. Don't be caught up in trying to mix in with the world. Well, yeah, I do go to church on Sundays, and I, I love to go to church, but as long as I'm here, then I want to fit in with these people. That's where it becomes wrong. Let your light shine no matter where you are. No matter who you are. No matter who you're with, let your light shine. That you will be able to explain why you are so happy. It gives you opportunities to share the good news of Jesus if you look different. Why would I ask you about Jesus if you look just like me? Why would I ask you, can you help me stop being an alcoholic when we're both drinking together? Why can I, how would I ask you, hey, can you help me stop doing drugs when both of us are smoking? It doesn't work that way. But when you are separated and then you see somebody that is in need, you will be able to help somebody else because you're not in the same situation. I told you, I was trying to pull a tree out in the woods, couldn't, it was stuck. So I hooked my truck to it and it still was spinning. So Eric hooked his truck to my truck to the tree and we all were spinning, why? Because we were on the same soft dirt. Now Eric had it been on pavement, then we could have probably pulled it out. But we were both just sinking. We have to be different than the world. We can't try to blend in with the world and expect God to use us to help the world. It doesn't work that way. We have to be separated, set apart so that we can help people. We, I want to see, I know that the Bible says that there's a numerable amount of people in heaven. That is correct. But I would love to see more. I would love to see as many as possible. As many as we can help. There's a lot of people that are stuck and I was one of them. But God had mercy on me, so I know he can have mercy on everybody else. And bring us out of these situations that we are in so that their light can also shine. And then we can help one another. We cannot be 
with them and expect to help them. He said, can the blind lead the blind? They will both fall in the ditch. Somebody has to be able to see in order to help the blind people get where they need to be. So we cannot act like the world and try to fit in and blend in with the world because the world looks cool. Either the world is cool or God is cool. And God does not always act like he's cool. He don't. He don't flaunt. He don't show off. He's a very meek, very lowly, very humble, very loving, very careful, but don't get on his bad side because he is the God of all power. And he says, don't fear what man can do. You fear what I can do. Because after I kill you, then I can throw you in hell if I desire to. So that's the one to fear, not what people fear. When we look and act like God, you know, Jesus was a very good example. I'm assuming, the Bible doesn't say this. I'm assuming he only had two outfits. One outfit to wear when his robe and stuff was getting washed. Other than that, he was in the same robe every day. We have a lot more clothes than that. Why are we trying to just go and look more and more and more and more like the world? We don't need to be. We represent Jesus. We represent the King. At the end of the day, we don't want Jesus to mistake us. When you dress like them, you're going to perish with them. No, no, no. Now, all of a sudden, then we want to have the robe of righteousness. All of a sudden, on that day, no, Lord, I look just like you. I represent you, me and you. We go way back. No, we don't. You've been acting like this world this whole time. Let us not act like the world. We're going to John 2, 15 through 17. Love not the world, and the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. See, we can go eat. We can go have fun, go to the park, go to the beach have a blast that's good there's nothing wrong with doing that but when you want to look like the world and act like the world and dress like the world and you want to be a part of the world that is what makes it wrong then when god looks down from heaven what does he see his children all up in acting like the ones he's going to kill the ones he's angry with he said i am angry with the wicked every day do you want him to mistake you with them no, I don't want him to just go punish them and get me too because I look like them. No, I'm not. No, I don't. I don't look like them. I don't want to look like them. I want them to look like us so that they can also be changed. There was a, there was this child in North Carolina. I was painting the subway, not the subway station, the actual food restaurant subway. I was painting subway and I was wearing a white t-shirt and I was painting green. And this child was staring at me just really in like wow and I didn't really pay the child no attention but then her mom came to me and said my daughter wants to ask you a question so I said okay so I said what do you want what do you want she goes and hid behind her mother she got shot so her mother said she wants to know how is it possible that you're painting with green paint but there's not a spot on your white t-shirt and I I said well for one you, it takes practice, but for two, you have to paint slow. Don't paint all fast and then it splashes and goes. You gotta take your time, paint slow, and you gotta know the tools that you're using. And so the little girl got all excited, but she still kept staring at me, probably to see if he could get this get some paint on him. But then later on, that scripture came to me. We're not supposed to even want to be spotted by the world 
We are in the world. I was painting the place, but we're not supposed to be spotted by the world. We're supposed to stand out. People are supposed to know that there's a difference between God's people and a difference between the devil's people. And we are supposed to go rob the devil. We're supposed to take everything that the devil has. Oh, that's your child. Not anymore. He belongs to God. Oh, you got that one too. Not anymore. He belongs to God. We are supposed to be pulling them to God, leading them to salvation, not trying to act like them and fit in with them. And when I looked at that scripture, I said, you know what? That's the problem with the churches. They don't want to stand out. Because when you stand out, you look bad. When you stand out, people make fun of you. People talk bad about you. You don't, you're not popular. You're not cool in the sight of people. But oh, what happens when they need something? Then they want to go to that one that you've been serving this whole time. So let us be the ones that stand out. Let us be the ones that pull people. I want the devil to lose his people. I want him to be more and more angry because I keep taking his people. They see our lights and they want to follow. That's how it's supposed to be until the devil is on full time busy trying to hold what he has because he's losing it. Our lights are getting brighter and brighter and brighter and we stick out like a sore thumb more and more and more and we want the devil to be angry every time we wake up in the morning. We wake up in the morning and our feet hit the ground and the devil starts panicking because he's gonna lose somebody else. When Peter preached and they said, the Bible says that thousands were added to the church in a day. It needs to do the same thing where the devil loses thousands of the people that he is holding captive. But we can't be fit in with the world. We have to be apart from the world so we can pull them out. We're going to Galatians 1.10. For do I not persuade men or God? For do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I shall not be deceived with Christ. If we try to please people, we're not Christ's servant. And that also falls in if we try to please our own flesh. So we look and we think things are cool and we think the world is good so our flesh wants it so we're going to satisfy the flesh because it wants it. So that means we are pleasing man. And when we please man, we're not the servants of God. We have to please God and deny our flesh daily. He said, if you follow me, let him pick up his cross and deny himself daily and follow me. And then we can follow Christ. And then we can say, follow me as I follow Christ. And then we can have more and more and more power because the more we get to know God, the more he'll give us and the more he gives us, the more we will be a blessing to other people. But we have to start off being separated. What did he tell Abraham before he even gave Abraham one promise? Leave your father, your mother, your kindred, your people, your folks, leave. You gotta leave everything behind. And then he made Abraham the promise. After Abraham left, after we come out from among them and we are separate, then we can get these promises and these blessings and this power and this, this, I don't even know what you want to call it. We can get it all from God. He said that he already gave us spiritual blessings in heavenly places, all of them. We just have to be separate in order for us to use them. We're going to James 4, 4 through 8. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enemy with God? Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us must have been enemy? But we give it more grace, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. 
submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. If we want to get to God, we have to leave the past behind. We have to leave the world and go to God. And the more we go to God, the more we will be able to be blessed. He said, if you draw nigh unto me, I'll draw nigh unto you. He's not making us go the whole way by ourselves. No, as soon as he sees us start, he goes and gets us. He wants us. He said, if you're a friend of the world, that doesn't mean that if you see somebody in the store and they're not saved, you can't be their friend. That's not what that means. Because there's another scripture that says, make you friends of mammon. So that when you fall, they will lift you up into everlasting habitation. Because when the world gets ugly and you can't get something, the world can. And he, they can help you. And actually, the world is a lot more friendly and giving than the people of the church a lot of times. People will help. I mean, the world is a very giving people in the church. So a lot of times, they're not that helpful. Some of them can't because they don't have that much. But the world does. So in the scripture, it says, make you friends of mammon. But that doesn't mean be a friend of the world. That means be a friend of the person, but not of their actions and the things that they do in the world. So you can have people that are not of God that are your friends, but you can't like what they do. You can't okay what they do just because they're your friend. Why? Well, I, I know that God knows your heart. It's okay. No, it's not okay. And yes, you are going to go to hell if you don't change, but it is you. You know, it's up to you, whatever you want to do and be you. So we can't be a friend of the world in, in an aspect of liking what they do or trying to fit in with what they do. But you can have somebody that's in the world that is your friend. The Bible does say make your friends a map. But just not to agree with what they do and to become one with what they're doing and think that it's fine. Then you are an enemy of God. The word enmity means to actively fight against something. And that's what our flesh does every day. How many times do you think, you know what, I want to read the Bible today and then all of a sudden you got this to do and that to do and this comes up and that comes up because your flesh always fights against God, always. It's just the way it is. You want to pray and all of a sudden your, your mind is so bombarded you can't even pray because you're thinking of this, that's just the flesh. It is always going to fight against your spirit. That's just the way it is. And the, uh, the only reason it wins is because we let it win. If we fight enough and just persevere and read when we can and just go and go and go, you'll go from reading and concentrating on one verse to a chapter. I used to talk to Mark on the phone and he would try, try to read me the Bible. I had cigarettes waiting for me, my alcohol was over there in the refrigerator, and I wasn't trying to hear about the Bible. And I'd say, dude, I'm, I'm not really listening. <laughs> He'd be so excited to try to tell me about the Bible, like, bro, I'm not, I'm not listening. I'm not really not. My mind's not there. And so then he would quit. And we would hang up. But then after that, and I fought and I fought and God delivered me. And once God delivered me from that, now I could read. We, we would be on the phone for hours. He was a truck driver. We would be on the phone for hours going back and forth in the Bible. And that's how I started memorizing as much as I do because I had to not argue with him, but you know, talk to him about the Bible and we would try and we would say iron sharpens iron, let's sharpen each other. And we would go back and forth with the Bible. And that's how I memorize a lot of what I know. Is because that's what we would do. But first you have to come out from one situation in order to be in another one. You know that's why Jesus died so that we could be brought out from bondage 
and be married to God and have everything new. So Jesus made it possible for us to do that. But if we, if God takes us out and separates us and we let our flesh win, we're going to end up right back in the same situation. We have to be apart. We have to be set apart. Because on that great day when Jesus calls our name, then we're going to want him to say that we were separate. We're going to want him to be like, no, these are my children. Those don't belong to the devil. So then why are we trying to act like we fit in right now? We're going to 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an hearted? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he is joined to an hearted is one body? For two said these shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Free fornication, every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinneth against his own body. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not of your own? For ye are bought with the price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are the, which are God's. So it matters what we do in this outward body. Because our bodies are the temples of the living God. It's the temple of the Holy Ghost which dwells in us. So it does matter what we do to our outward body. A lot of people say, well, all you got to do is go to church and be as you are. God only cares about the inside. He doesn't care about the outside. That's not true. He cares about it all. He cares about our outward appearance and he cares about our inward appearance. He doesn't want us to serve him on the outward. You go to church and, and dress all up for church and clap our hands and dance around and then go and be all with the world. He doesn't want us to do that. And he doesn't want us to only pray and worship him on the inside, but won't let nobody else see it because we want to be fit in with the world. He doesn't want us to do that either. He wants us to do it both. On the outward, be a light in the world, be the same in the church as you are in the store and in everywhere you go. He wants us to be the same on the inside inside and on the outside not just one he wants us to be the same no matter where we are we are not our own we are bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ he died and paid for us see Adam ate of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and he sold us to the devil and the devil had control over us but Jesus came so that we could have life and he bought us back he paid that price it wasn't because we were good. It was because God loved us so much. He was not going to let the devil own us. He was not going to let the devil have victory over us. He was not going to let the devil reign over us. So he bought us back so that he can be our king and reign. Why then would we want to go back and be back under bondage? We don't need to. Watch what we wear. Watch who we represent. Do we represent Jesus? Or are we trying to say inside, Lord, I love you and I want to be with you and I want to represent you. But then we show the world like, you know what? I really do fit in with you guys too. You can't serve God and mammon. You can't have both. We need to have one or the other. And then our lives will be blessed. He said, I want you to be hot or cold. Because lukewarm, I will spew you out. But if we choose God, they, we can't make a better decision. Our businesses will be blessed. Our jobs will be blessed. Our finances will be blessed. Our houses, our cars, our groceries, everything that we have will be blessed. It is a promise from God that he will bless everything that we put our hands to. But that's if we represent him. We can't represent the devil and act, think God is going to bless. That's not going to work that way. But if we represent God with everything that we have, if we think it might be a little wrong, 
just rather not do it. Maybe Jesus didn't care if I bought those shoes. They were nice shoes and they looked very comfortable. And maybe Jesus wanted to care. And I probably could have came. No, I really couldn't have cut the gargoyle off because it would have messed up the shoe. But maybe God wanted to care. Maybe he would have been, that's fine. It's just a gargoyle. It doesn't mean anything. Just don't bow down and worship it like some people do. Just, you know, it's fine. Maybe he would have said that. But what if he wanted to? So I would rather say, you know what, maybe not. I would rather not and find out I could have than to do it and find out I shouldn't have. So I just, I just didn't buy them because I, I started thinking, how would that look? That, that just wouldn't look right. It, it just wouldn't. Especially people that know that I'm a pastor that would really want to look right. So I said, okay, I'm not going to get them. But we need to think like that. Who do we rather make happy? Our flesh or God? Who do we really want to be happy? Our flesh to be all mad and suffering and frustrated because we don't let it do what it wants to do. And God be just so excited and be like, you know what, I could use these. I could use them. I'm going to bless them. I'm going to pour my spirit out upon them. I'm going to just fill them with the Holy Ghost because they rather please me than them themselves. What would we rather have? To please God or to please ourselves? We need to thank saints. Who do we represent? I want to represent Jesus. And I'm sure that all of you want to represent Jesus. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here anyway. Because if you guys don't want to represent Jesus, there's a whole lot of other places where we all could be right now. A lot of other places. There's so many things to do. We're busy throughout the week. We could be busy on Sundays too if we wanted to. But I'm pretty sure that we want to represent Jesus. And at the end of the day, we all want to hear, well done my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. The altar is open if anyone wants prayer, just come up.
thank you for your high God presence. Thank you, my God, for just having so much mercy on us, so much compassion, Lord. My Father, you said, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. My Father, we are asking that you would teach us how to come out from among them, that you will be able to use us. Lord, keep us from the evil, that it may not grieve us. Lord, bless us to be fit for the Master's use, that you will be able to pour out your Spirit upon us in the name of Jesus, that we will be able to prophesy. We will be able to speak with new tongues. We will be able to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. We will be able to tread upon serpents and will not be hurt. We will be able to preach the word with boldness, with power in the name of Jesus. My Father, we don't want to be mingled with the world. You said if you put your hand to the power and you look back, you are not fit for the kingdom of God. My Father bless us to put our hands to the plow and to never look back, my God. Lord, my God, use us in the name of Jesus. My Father, mold us and make us after thy will. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. My Father, remember how the O Lord God, you said, ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you, my God. Lord, you are not the author of confusion. You are not a God that makes us confused. You are a God of truth, a God of love, a God of compassion, a God of purity, a God of faithfulness, a God of forgiveness. And Lord, I thank you and I praise you, my God. My Father, don't let it be that he is confused. Not one more day, not one more hour, not one more minute. But Lord, show him which way you want him to go. Let your light from heaven shine down in his soul. Lord, that he will not be confused, but that you will speak to him plainly. Lord, that he will know which way to go, what to do, how to do it, and how to get there in the mighty name of Jesus. My Father, bless everything that he puts his hands to do. My God, you said, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. And my God, I ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you will just grab him by the hand. You said, Lord, if you draw nigh unto me, I will draw nigh unto you. My Father, and as he has asked, Lord, draw nigh unto him in the name of Jesus. My Father, order his steps in your word. In the name of Jesus, that every step that he takes will be by your word, will be by your commandment, will be in your love, will be in faith. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you and I praise you, my God, for all that you have done. My Father, remember Isaac in the name of Jesus. My Father, remember him and bless him. You said, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. My Father, you know why he got baptized. My Father and Lord, the devil has been trying to call him. Lord, the world has been trying to call him. Lord, my God, but you have given him wisdom that he knows right from wrong. But my God, give him the power. Give him the strength. Give him the endurance to, Lord, just leave it all behind 
and to follow you. For you have such plans that are just beyond this world and imagination. If you would use him, you said, I call you good men because you are strong. Lord, he is a mighty man. Just teach him how to use his strength in you, my God. In the name of Jesus, my God, I thank you. And I praise you, oh Lord God. Lord, you are worthy to be praised. And I thank you and I praise you, my God. You are all. And I thank you, Lord God Almighty, for all that you have done, for all that you are doing, and for all that you are going to do. My Father, remember Alice, oh Lord God. My Father, remember her in the name of Jesus. My Father, you know what she's going through. You know what her heart is going through. You are the God that can fix. You are the God that can heal. There is nothing too hard for you. In the name of Jesus, Lord, touch your heart, oh Lord God. In Jesus' name, the mighty name. Lord, you are supposed to be. because of you why we had a mindset to even come to you God Lord bless us to hear you every day that we live don't let it be that we close up our ears don't let it be that we shut our eyes but Lord let us be able to see where you want us to go let us be able to hear what you are saying to us oh Lord God let us be able to walk upright before you set your path straight before us and let us walk in it my God in the name of Jesus. Lord, bless us, oh Lord God, to leave this place, but to never leave from your presence, my God. Lord God, lead us and guide us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake, Lord, that one day we will be able to see your face in peace. We will be able to know you like you know us, my God. We will be able to live with you all the days in the name of Jesus throughout eternity, a day that will never end in the house of the Lord. My God, let it be so. In Jesus' wonderful, mighty name. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you have done. Thank you for healing us. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for healing Javi's mother, my God. Thank you, Lord, for healing all those that we have prayed for. It wasn't because of our goodness. It was because of your love. It was because of your grace. It is because of your tender mercies. Thank you for your healing, my God. Oh, Lord, I thank you and I praise you, God, for just being so good. My Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for all that you have done. And let the church say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. You guys act like God is not that great. Say, praise the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever.
forever. forever. Amen. God is good.